Hey, fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? Beaches are opening, sun is shining, and, uh, you know, what I'm talking about, the bushes must must be tamed. Uh, Manscaped's here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. I can speak to this personally. I have a Manscaped product that I use, and, uh, you know, I can't speak to my physique being in uh, post-quarantine shape for the beach, but I am properly manscaped because uh, that's what this does. It's the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of, say, a chest shave or anywhere else sensitive that you want to take care of your uh, hair situation. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. You're going to get uh, two free gifts for a limited time if you're a subscriber. You get a travel bag. It's a nice $39 value. Get the uh, high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Also very nice. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. Got a little extra pep in my step. Hope you can hear it. I mean, I'm not actually like stepping around, but I might as well be. Um, I mean, I'm on a Zoom here with Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. I can see they are just like dancing in their seats because it is finally Chicago Cubs opening day. How are you guys doing? Eh? You got a little bit of the giggles, a little excitement? I, I'll... I'm just happy that uh, Marquee and Comcast have come to a deal so so people don't jump in our mentions asking us for updates because you know how we love to withhold information from the public because we definitely, until they tweeted us, I wasn't even thinking about sharing the news. But since you guys tweeted me and asked me if there's any update, yes, there is. You guys can watch Marquee on Comcast. Thanks for asking. Yes, the great cable negotiations of 2020 will be remembered uh, forever. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to immediately go negative. It's opening day. There's no need to. I haven't had enough coffee yet to kind of catch me off guard here. But yes, it's good that baseball uh, is back for however long it lasts and we can uh, enjoy uh, Wrigley Field tonight. The real cable negotiations were the friends we made along the way. And most of them live in our mentions and in the mentions of the good, poor, kind folks at uh, at Watch Marquee on Twitter. Literally could not do anything for the entire summer uh, without about 50 replies asking about this deal, which, yes, Sahadev said is done. So check your lineup there if you're in Chicago and you have Xfinity. You should have it. I think it's channel 202 for most folks. Um, Okay, so that's good. Uh, got that done. Cubs play tonight. They host the Brewers, uh, six o'clock central Kyle Hendricks starting for the Cubs, Brandon Woodruff starting for the Brewers. And, you know, we can't act like, you know, we're doing this podcast this morning. It's like the opening day podcast. And I sort of have a half joke in my heart when I'm talking about the, the, the giggles and the excitement of this, because, we're never going to be able to entirely escape the reality of what this season is, even now as it's finally happening. Um, And I think I'd be remiss in not mentioning at the top, you know, as we think about opening day for the Cubs, well, we had, you know, baseball had its opening day event yesterday, 
with a couple games, the Nationals uh, hosting the Yankees and Dodgers and Giants later on. And what, a few hours before the Nationals and Yankees were to play, it's revealed that one of the biggest stars in the game, Juan Soto, tests positive for COVID-19 and he's got to be held out of the game. Then there's this flurry of questioning about like, okay, well, what contact did he have with other people? What needs to be done for the game? And the good news on that front is it appears that all of the protocols were followed. That doesn't mean that no one else is, is infected. You know, we can't say that yet because of the incubation period of this virus, but at least we know that the, the protocols, including the contact tracing and the rapid tests for anyone that was near him, that was all able to be deployed successfully. And then the game was played. Uh, well, rain delay included, but um, I just, it was such a perfectly, I don't want to say awful. Cause it's like, that is what's going to happen, but it was just such a perfect reminder of what this season is. Cause it happened biggest star right before the game. Yeah. Any buzz that anyone had building up for that, anyone that may have been struggling with the season in general, and then that hit them. Uh, if you were starting to have any buzz for it, it, it went away. Right. At least for me, I, you know, there's this ambivalence to being really excited about it, even though like once it, it gets here, you do get that feeling back. And, and I have a nine year old son that's really getting into baseball this year too. This is really his first year getting into sports. So he's really into it. So that kind of fuels my, my excitement, but Juan Soto being out definitely was like, Oh man, how, where is this going? What, what's happening? And and you start to question everything and and you're hoping that they're following the protocols properly. And how do you move forward? Is everything being done properly? It seems like it is, and and you know we we don't need to debate the you know ethical aspect of all of this, but because uh, I think we've done that plenty, and I think we we know how how like I said ambivalent everyone is about moving forward like this, but it it's a, it did dampen the excitement, but you know what once the game started, one I I feel like it did get back to it. It, it you know, maybe maybe the the ominous Rob Manfred interview and the, the rain coming, the lightning right behind him, and the rain starting to pour down right after he finishes up his interview <laughs> may not have been the best visual uh, for everyone. But it was it it was nice to see baseball back. And I think once once uh, Patrick and I are in Wrigley today, and you guys are watching on the screens, it it'll be it'll be great. It, it I I'm looking forward to it. I'm you know it's a nice escape from things. To, to to put it in one way and and i i'm ready for baseball to just let's let's try and get some baseball in our in our minds and and just focus on that even though it really can't be the only focus but i am i'm looking forward to it it's it's definitely uh, a worthy escape right now i've been surprised at some of the conversations i've had with you know people around the cubs and how optimistic they are about this that they feel like they're in a pretty good place in terms of getting you know buy-in from players and and staff and I think Tommy Hadvi's experience really uh, opened up a lot of people's eyes uh, around the Cubs Uh, it quieted a lot of the complaining that probably would have been uh, standard in a big league clubhouse but I think at the same time they also feel like you know come the middle of August I think it's going to be hard if these guys get into a routine and, you know, they haven't had a positive test or, you know, things are kind of moving along that it'll be that kind of backsliding 
is what they worry about. And also, I think across the league, it's the teams that are young, that don't have much to play for, maybe guys who aren't married with kids that, you know, at a certain point, you know, if you get off to a bad start and you look up and you're like, you know, what are we doing here? And I think that's going to be, you know, a big challenge uh, for baseball um, within obviously the broader context of how many baseball towns are hotspots now. That's not something that they're really kind of conceding uh, at this point that so much really is just out of their hands. But um, yeah, I think they've, you know, the Cubs have certainly, uh, kind of earned this opening day here. I think it'll be, you know, nice for them to get back to, you know, something that they resemble. I think the viewing experience, at least for me last night, watching that Nationals Yankees game, it was still just so jarring to see those empty seats, even though, you know, Sadev and I've been going to Wrigley Field every day for almost two weeks. Um, it's still just strange and it kind of triggers your brain to thinking, you know, times you've, at least for me, I've been at Nationals Park or that, you know, game five uh, in 2017, just how that stadium was just absolutely rocking, you know, one of the craziest games ever. And then just to see, you know, those, uh, the Delta seatbacks uh, while Scherzer is pitching, it's just, it's still just eerie. And I don't think that's ever going to go away this season. Well, and we'll also perceive the, um, you know, the differences about this season, not only in <clears throat> that kind of daily experience like you're talking about, Mooney, but also in it being a 60-game season. Um, rosters are different. Um, we have rules that are different, and that includes one that just dropped literally yesterday, right before the game started. Um, I don't think teams would have fundamentally changed their roster construction had they known that this was going to be coming, but it is a little odd to overhaul the entire playoff structure <laughs> the day, you know opening day um so you know for folks who haven't heard uh this year's going to feature 16 playoff teams yes that is more than half the teams in baseball eight in each league seated uh division winners and second place teams in each division and so i think this does kind of make for an interesting setup to what we think of the Cubs season and like their chances and all that kind of normal stuff you would do on opening day because the context is now different. You know, we know this is a very competitive NL Central. Um, I, I You don't count any team entirely out in a 60-game season, but you can kind of count the Pirates out. Sorry, Pirates. Um, but the other four teams, any projection system you look at, particularly now in a 60-game season, I mean, there's, it's just flat. It is Cubs, Brewers, Reds, Cardinals, all right there in that 31-32 win range. And now knowing that uh, the top two teams are going to make the postseason and you will have available two wildcard spots beyond that, do, you know, do you see yesterday's news as a benefit to the Cubs in particular or is it just well it's still going to be a mess at the top of the central anyway so they uh, you know I don't know I'm just curious for your guys' perspective on what the playoff change meant for the way you're viewing this season for the Cubs well uh first of all Ross didn't like it which I found interesting and, and I understood his explanation he it wasn't official when he spoke about it but he basically said it you know 
he felt it kind of takes away a little bit of the legitimacy of, of everything, you know, and I think that's just how baseball people think, right? It's a, a, I guess 60 games counters that as well. As far as the, the whole thing about baseball, it's a long haul season where only a, a few teams make it compared to the rest of the sports leagues, right? So you really have to do great to get into the playoffs. You're a legitimately good team to get into the playoffs. Right now, eight teams in a 60-game season, we're, we're going to see some average to below average teams make the playoffs, it feels like. I'm, I'm actually fine with it. It's just a wild season as it is. I think we just have to accept some weirdness, and this is part of it. And specifically to the Cubs, I, I feel like yeah, – I think Brett makes a great point that they're in a very tough division and they're going to beat up on each other in a sense. And, and that may make this more difficult, but I think it's hard not to look at this situation right now and say, if the Cubs don't make the playoffs, I mean, you have to say that that's, that's just a bad season right now. It's, it's a failure coming up to like what their expectations are, what they're capable of. That means they got off to a bad start. They never figured out the the uh, the bullpen. The rotation never clicked. The depth of the rotation became the concern that that we all have for it right now. Uh, one of those two things is probably what sinks them in my mind. <laughs> as much as every season, I want to come into the year believing in the offense. Maybe it'll once again be that. So there's we have our questions with the team, obviously, but. If they can't, I mean, it's going to take around what, like 500? If you're 500 ish and a little bit above, you should get in. You have a solid chance to get in. If they can't pull that off, that's it's just a disappointing season. That's that's the bottom line. I mean, anything beyond that is, you know, playoffs, shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know, who knows what happens. You know, anything can happen. So we'll see beyond that. But I, I, I think right now, now that we these changes have occurred with the playoff format, it's hard to look at this and say the Cubs missing the playoffs is acceptable. I kind of, even though I liked Rossi being kind of chapped about the expanded playoffs, like, my personal outrage meter is kind of running really low right now. So I still like <laughs> when, uh, to quote Mark Herrig, you know, story about, you know, players and managers getting the ass. Like I still like how Rossi can still summon that, uh, over something like this, but yeah, I think it probably helps the Cubs, right? I mean, it, it gives them, you know, another path, uh, into the playoffs. I think most of us think they're going to be kind of this bubble team with kind of a, a, a range of you know possible outcomes here and I think it's not totally out of the question to think that all of those issues Sahad have raised just totally blows up on them this year I don't think you know you can fully guarantee that this pitching staff is gonna click I think outside of Kyle Hendricks you've got maybe like 15 question marks and this lineup, um, we've been talking, all of us have been talking and writing about the same issues uh, literally for years, and, you know, maybe they figure it out now. Who knows? But since it's opening day, I think we can be optimistic and think that uh, if you think David Ross is the right man for the job, uh, if you think these players who are very close to free agency are extremely motivated to perform uh, out of their minds for 60 games. I think that's a reasonable position to take. And I mean, let's be honest, like we always kind of throw up our hands at the Cubs pitching staff. They can't draft and develop any pitchers. Like who's this guy? And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Rowan Wick is, you know, 
pitching the eighth and ninth inning against the Cardinals in, in September. So there, there probably are some guys within that 60 player pool that uh, are going to perform really, really well. And, you know, I have no idea who they actually are or where they're from or what they're going to do next year, but we can dive into that as those answers kind of reveal themselves. And I think I'd add too that uh, more broadly, the expanded postseason, because I agree with you guys that <clears throat> if you view the Cubs as sort of a bubble team, in the regular setup, which I, I did, frankly, um, you know, I have two thoughts that one in a shortened season, I think quality depth is less likely to manifest as a hugely important part of succeeding over the course of the season. Um, because I think that the teams that get ravaged by injury or virus infections, um, having good depth, isn't really going to matter all that much because it's going to be so much of a coin flip anyway. Um, Whereas a long-term regular season, you miss a star for a couple months. If you've got really quality depth, that can make a huge difference. Um, so I think having better higher-end talent is going to matter more this year, perhaps, than a normal year. And, and you could really make the argument on either side of that being a benefit to the Cubs or not. But So if you have them on the bubble, then adding more playoff teams makes it more likely they make the playoffs. It's that simple. The other point that I would make is, is to something that Mooney said earlier, that in a year where you worry a little bit about teams that fall out of it and players kind of backsliding on their efforts to take care of themselves and protect each other from the virus – well, this keeps more teams in the race for longer. And so it, it does provide more incentive for more teams for longer to really stay the course. And I think that was probably a, a good, I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to say that publicly, but I would bet that that's a pretty big part of the calculus for why they really wanted to get things expanded this year. Um, I want to pause for a quick second and tell folks about something uh, cool baseball related here on opening day. Uh, I'm talking about uh, dugout mugs. Okay. So it's a company that started in a college baseball dugout. Uh, it's the barrel of a baseball turned into a 12 ounce mug dugout mugs. Okay. Got it. Simple, obvious, but really cool. Uh, they're licensed by major league baseball. Your favorite team is laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. Perfect for, you know, game like today you just want to have a beer or maybe you just want to put it on display in your office or you want to surprise your friends at a party when you know if you're uh, doing a little social distancing baseball watching in your backyard or something you can be the cool guy who's got a uh, dugout mug uh, so what you want to do is go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic use the promo code mlb30 for 30 percent off your first purchase that's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and the code is mlb30 you fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Uh, so turning back to uh, where we are, let's narrow the scope a little bit from the full season to just this, the series ahead. You know, let's, let's talk about a baseball series. You know, we got one. It's a big one. Every series against your division is going to be uh, very important this year. And it's going to be disproportionately weighted too, because a healthier chunk of your schedule is going to be in division Cubs host the Brewers. Uh, any, particular thoughts I'm so putting you guys on the spot but you should be come on you should be game for this I know I know we're a little out of practice but like give me something about this series in particular that you're like okay I'm gonna check that out I want to see how that goes and I'm gonna bust your chops if it's not really particular to the Cubs Brewers <laughs> series 
Well, I, I think the first thing that that pops into my mind is is how Ross is going to deploy his lefties uh, against Yelich in high leverage situations. I, I mean, it, it may not be uh, a view into the entire sixty games, but it's a, probably a view into the first week or two of how he's going to kind of do things. I, I even asked I asked him about this yesterday, and he kind of said, well, it, it's going to be hard for me to use guys back in back-to-backs early on, essentially, was was how he was saying how it may not be exactly how he structures his bullpen going forward, because right now we, I don't think he's going to ride his best arms. Like, if if Jeffress is locked in right now, just throwing his name out as as an example, and, and he pitches great tonight, he he's not going to be able to turn around and use him in that same situation tomorrow for a noon game. Uh, he he's not going to feel comfortable doing that, and and uh, and I understand why. I mean, I think we all do. Uh, so I want to see how he deploys the bullpen, particularly the lefties against we we have the best, uh, arguably one the best left-handed batter uh, coming up against the Cubs these next three games, right in the game, and. And I want to see how he uses those lefties. He's got three in the bullpen, if I'm remembering Wick, Ryan, and Brothers. Brothers is probably pitching the best of the three. Uh, so it's going to be like, does Brothers just leapfrog the other two and, and he becomes his high leverage lefty right now? I guess that's possible. You go with the best arm, you go with the guy that's pitching the best right now. Things are going to be all over the place. How high of a like how high of a leverage spot is Dwayne Underwood going to be pitching in? Stuff like that is what I'm really curious about. The rest, I kind of you know, we know how he's going to use the offense. You know, he's he's not going to like like I'm I'm curious to see Wilson Contreras. Like that guy's as locked in as anyone. So let's see if he can carry that in and just like carry the team for a series or two. Because uh, what he what he's done during training camp is absolutely ridiculous I, I know he's one of the most talented players I've watched before but just to see how locked in he's been and and I love the confidence and how he's been carrying himself like it's the the combination of him and Javi like maybe that'll bring us a little bit of that enthusiasm that we feel is missing without the fans it's going to be impossible to really jump all in without the fans but I, I'm excited for that aspect of it but specifically to the Brewers I want to see Yelich late game situations Who's Ross going to? Who who are the guys he's going to go to when the best of the best is at the plate in a high leverage situation? I was I was just going to say that I wanted to see you Darvish tweeting at Christian Yelich, but I think he <laughs> spiked his Twitter account, right? Yeah, Yelich um, did because he was you know why he did you know why he did he was afraid. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the series to me is kind of about uh, you Darvish, like if. I'm really curious to see uh, whether or not the overreactions uh, from White Sox fans were warranted, uh, whether that uh, exhibition on the South side was just, you know, that kind of, you know, last day in Arizona uh, working out the kinks and then you get locked in. And uh, I think Darvish's name has been thrown around as this, you know, trendy Cy Young award uh, pick and, if that's what he's going to be this year, I think he's got to show it starting uh, on Saturday. I think we all saw how great he was in the second half of last year, although the Cubs as a whole, I think, might have gone something like six and seven in those starts or somewhere in that neighborhood. And so um, 
I think it'll be interesting to see how these kind of emotions swing. If like every game is almost the equivalent of a three game series in a normal season. And so from that perspective, I think it's going to be frustrating for us just because we won't be able to go in the clubhouse and kind of see guys reactions. I mean, the last time you Darvish pitched in a real game at Wrigley, like he threw his spikes against uh, his locker and there was like, you know, mud and broken glass everywhere. Uh, we're obviously not going to get that. Um, it'd be really fascinating to see David Ross, like if they lose like all three games this weekend, like what his mood is going to be uh, on the zoom call. <laughs> like, cause that is always fun. Like that's, you know, when we're writing, you kind of write off the crowd reactions and the player reactions and the manager's mood and, you know, during his uh, post-game press conferences, that's all kind of gone here. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the kind of experimental aspect of this. Like, what is this actually going to look like and feel like? And I don't think anyone has, like, a great handle on that yet. Yeah, and another thing to Ross to be looking for in this series is the Cubs, you know, it's the first series of the year so there's some tone setting uh with respect to your players and yet the cubs are going to face three hard throwing nasty stuff righties in this series and you wonder is is ross going to go all out with certain lineup dynamics because of the matchups or is it like well it's the first series of the year and i still want to rotate guys a bit um in what situations is he going to you know permit an albert almora for example to start a game even if the matchup isn't great because it's like, well, there's three of them in a row and, you know, maybe I want the glove in there with uh, this picture of ours on the mound, you know, whatever it might be. I, I'm very curious to see the lineup decisions that he makes for a series like this and then to overreact to them massively. That is the other thing that I'm <laughs> really uh, excited to get back to. So, <laughs> um, you know, anything else you guys want to drop about, uh, you know, here on opening day, about the series, about the season, about, you know, like parting thoughts to uh, our fine listeners as we endeavor upon this, whatever this season is? Uh, I mean, a quick couple things about the staff. Like, it was encouraging. I know we we overreact to Darvish's uh, poor inning, and then we're going to – maybe I'm overreacting to John Lester looking good. Like, I, I think I think it's important that he kind of have that final tune-up and, and feel confident about himself. The velo's kind of ticking up. It's not exactly where you want it, but maybe it never will be again. But it's it's nice to see that the guy knows how to pitch, right? So maybe he can he can be that solid three four for them. That really that they need someone behind Darvish and Hendricks. And, and the final like the I don't want to make it the uh, like a huge deal because I think there's a chance that the bullpen depth can overcome this issue possibly. But I just want to see how Kimbrel looks. In a regular season game, uh, it's been so long since we've seen him in a regular season game. I have no idea if he has anything left in the tank, to be honest. I just don't know. I have no clue what that's going to be like, and I'm really curious to see what Kimbrell looks like because it could turn that bullpen into a strength. If he's if he's as good as we know he can be or has been in the past, uh, that completely changes the dynamic in the bullpen because I do think there's some talent there. They're just trying to get it locked into place and figure out the roles and 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 know where everyone uh needs to go but if 
I, I do believe there's an opportunity for that to be good. And I also know because I've, I've watched enough baseball that it can go completely sideways in a bullpen. They're the most volatile uh, areas of, of baseball teams. So I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that all is well there by any means, but I think it has a chance to be a strength. Yeah, just a final thought. I'm curious to see what the atmosphere is like around Wrigley Field, particularly if the Cubs are uh, lobbying City Hall really hard to get fans into the stadium. And while uh, those plans may be informed by top infectious disease experts and public health officials, um, I'm wondering if those plans go out the window if everyone uh, is not wearing masks and bars are overcrowded and the visuals become too much on Twitter and the local news to where the decision is kind of made for Lori Lightfoot. That is more my just kind of speculating, not like uh, hard news or anything like that. But I think it will will be really fascinating to see how the neighborhood uh, responds to this uh, most unusual opening day. Yeah, and to anybody who's going to participate in anything opening day related, you know, stay safe, have fun, be with your friends uh, in in ways that keep each other safe. Um, I, too, am looking forward to that. I mean, my version, of course, will just be sitting on a computer and and watching and pecking away. But uh, it still can be an enjoyable and safe experience for folks. And um, baseball's back. We can say it. We, we've waited a long time to be able to say that, and it's here. And I also uh, want to make sure that folks hear this. So if you are listening to us and you are not currently an athletic subscriber, you should be. And today is as good a day as you're going to get to want to get a subscription. Check out what these guys are doing. Sahadev and Patrick write amazing things. The national colleagues do amazing work. And even other, the, the, the local teams. Like, I just, I love reading the the beat stuff from the other writers, the athletic for teams that I know the Cubs are going to be playing. And so um, today's a special day in that regard. Biggest, I don't know. It's like the biggest discount that I've seen in in a while. So 40% off, you can sign up, get an annual subscription and get 40% off right now. Okay. So go to the athletic.com slash onto Waveland. It's the name of our show onto Waveland. Uh, theathletic.com slash onto Waveland and you'll get 40% off. So if you've been listening to us, if you kind of dig what we do, um, then read these guys' stuff. It's great. Sign up. Save yourself a lot of money. Um, otherwise, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week uh, after there's some games in the books. We'll have some stuff to look back on and talk about uh, for the first time in over 300 days. Uh, that'll be fun. And uh, thank you to Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Again, you can read their stuff at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash Waveland to save 40%. Uh, I'm Brett Taylor. You can read my stuff at Bleacher Nation. And we'll see you next week after a fun weekend of actual baseball. Take care, all. Take care, all.